you have come to the place where you can learn to harness the power of intention, to create subconscious beliefs that serve you, and to gain insights that allow you to create a life personally and professionally that you desire. This is the place where you leverage your subconscious mind and design your destiny. Join me now, your host, Penny Chason. Hello, hello, my joyful souls. I am back here today with a special episode. I'm interviewing a friend and someone who's gone through transformational coaching with me as well. Not me as the coach, but we're in the same coaching program. And her name is Michelle Petit. And she is someone who has used hypnosis for quite a while to create what she wants in her life. And I am just actually going to turn this over to her in just a moment because she has a really great story of how she transitioned from corporate into her own business. And I'm just going to turn it over to you, Michelle. Why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Let them know what it is that you do. Hello, Penny. Thank you for having me. It's a really honor to be here. And um, yeah, my name is Michelle Petty. I'm originally from Switzerland. I live in Zurich, for those who know Switzerland. And um, yeah, I'm actually an interior coach. I help females to create whatever they want in their home. So this is something which I've dreamed of for many, many years. And uh, today it's, it's possible to do this every day. And that's just absolutely gorgeous. I love that. You know, this is somewhere I have wanted to go for a little while. And I think you're a great person to speak to this. I know how the subconscious works. I mean, we pick up things from our environment all the time. Mm. And in your experience with what you do with women, how important and how much does it play a role in what you do, how the environment impacts the way that we feel, the way that we see ourselves and our success in life, whatever that is? That's a good question. The thing is always that our homes, they reflect our us. So as your clothes reflects your personality, your taste, and it's nothing different when it comes to your to our homes. So however you live, just look around and it's actually you. And everything with every book, with every picture which is on the wall or you know, whatever you have in your home, it's a reflection of, of yourself and your being. And you may pay attention to things and you may pay less attention to other things and um, what I discover all you know always or a lot of times when I work with clients is actually that women tend to <laughs> tend to buy a lot of things which they don't need and um, there are men who do this too but not as often as women and um, Women often have this urge to change things. So like when we, you know, when we end the relationship, then we have the tendency to change our hairs. And it's nothing, it's actually the same when it comes to our homes. When we have this urge, either there is a baby on the way or there are circumstances in our personal life which 
you know, suddenly change and then we want to change our home, but often we don't know how to do this. And the thing is, the impact is absolutely underestimated because what I could see often is also that when there are things which are not in place, then we don't, you know, we don't pay attention because it's annoying. Maybe it's too complicated. We don't have the solution. We think it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money. So that means we don't do it. For example, this, the seller is always a book, uh, is always a good example for this because we have tons of things down there and we actually don't need them. And I often test my clients to, if they say, no, no, we can't put that away. And I, if this is a box and you can tell me what's inside, even though you didn't went to your, your seller for three months, then you can keep it. Otherwise, what would be the need, what would be the need of, of a box, which what you, you know, and you don't know what's inside. So there's no reason to keep it. And um, yeah, it's underestimated often because also that when we pass by, and this is an example I, I also use a lot because everyone has a shelf in their home. And if you pass by a shelf, which is messy and has a lot of knickknack on, you probably don't have the time for it to rearrange it, but it also, you know, it really annoys you. So this is actually something ongoing in your mind, but you don't change it. And there you can ask yourself, why do you keep those kind of things like this and why you don't change it? And then I can step, I step in and I help mostly females to make this change. I think that you make a very good point because, you know, I live on a farm. My husband's in and out. We're about to go into hay season. And I can guarantee you there are going to be many days that I come home and where he's run in the door and back out the door. There are just things put on the most convenient place. We moved from a 2,400 square foot house plus outbuildings and a cellar into a 1,200 square foot house. It's been six years and I'm still purging things. But when he and I both get busy, you know, him with the farm and with me in the business, which now I've dialed my involvement in the business way back, I can do much more by doing a whole lot less. You know, when things get cluttered, my attitude has to be adjusted. I, I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff. I've come to this place where I like things nice and neat and minimalist. Mm -hmm. And he's just the opposite. He wants to keep everything. Yeah. So do you Classic. see that when you work with people, that there's this disconnect between what partners want? Yeah, there is. But, you know, we have this picture that from many, many hundred years ago that, you know, the man is the fighter and he goes out and, you know, is the chaser. And the woman is the one who keeps everything tidy and clean and warm. But there are couples which is vice versa. They're, they are functioning in a different way. I don't know why, but it is like it is. But it's often that we have this inside of us because we want this cozy, nasty feeling that it is our home, which is important to us women more than to men. And men often want to have it functional, structured, but easygoing, Nothing, no knickknacks. And I can see that with my um, relationship 
my partner and I, we don't live in the same apartment. We are living in the same, you know, place, but he lives in number 10 and I live in number seven. So we have the same apartments. And if you go into his place and if you come to my place, you are in two different worlds. You know, and when he has the, his kids who come over, you come in and there are shoes everywhere and bags and stuff around it. And it's like, oh, my God. OK, kids are here. If my kids come to my place, they know, you know, if they take the shoes off, they hang up the coats. But it was a constant training, constantly, constantly saying, put your shoes here, hang up your coat. Don't put the bag inside of the kitchen. I don't want that. So it is a constant, but we as women and mothers, we are mostly used to do this. And men are just like, it needs to be functional. That's the thing. It doesn't be pretty. Function. Yes. It has to function. However, and that's what I can see. <laughs> you mentioned on your website, and I want to get into this. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this mindset around the environment. And I think it's important because a lot of people work from home now. Mm. I think COVID has proven that a lot of people can work from home. What advice would you give or pointers would you give to someone to set up that environment to optimize their workflow, to help them to have that focus and even just joy, a little bit of joy in their space Mm -hmm. when they're working from home? Working from home uh, for me was actually always, you know, I'd always did it in my entire life. I rarely worked only on a certain place. So I was used to that. And then I worked in the office furniture industry where I learned a lot about how to install your office. And now with my own business, I can see, and especially since last year, that home offices are just, you know, it, it has to have a place where you can have your laptop and your stuff and you want to have, if it's possible, you want to have room or at least a corner where you can, you know, when you are done with work that you don't see it from your couch. And what's crucial when I install home offices is that you don't work against the wall. So you're not facing a wall while working. So you, if you have the chance to to look outside or at least inside of the room and not against the wall because it's blocking your horizon. So it's it's and the flow. It's it's not really yeah. It's not really good to stay um, creative or productive. And um, yeah, and then there are like things which you don't need a lot of space unless you are like an engineer and have plans at home. But mostly it's not the case. But you just need your your own little table and a chair where you can sit. What I also tell people, you also can work on a cabinet, which, you know, you can have like a bar stool. So so you don't have to sit like eight hours on one place, just move around. You do that. Probably you have the chance to do that also at work. So you take your laptop and you just move around. So that's what you can do at home. So if you have like an hour where you just work at the bar or in the kitchen, you just try to move around if there are not kids running around and you know but if it's possible move around because this gives you some other energy every room and every space has a different energy so that's what what gives you gives you also energy back and what I also say is like we tend if we work from home not taking enough breaks because we think we are 
you know, we, we have this feeling of, oh, I can't do that because I need to work. But in in the office, you know, even if you just walk to the printer and back and then you have a chat with your with your colleague or you have a coffee, right. it's kind of a break and then you go back and concentrate. And that's what I always tell people when they work from home, do the same, take a coffee, have a break, don't go immediately back to work. Just have this five minutes of break, go to toilet, coffee, water, whatever, and then come back. And um, I can imagine that there were struggles with, with you know, people had the struggles with creating a home office. Sometimes it's it's hard to find a space, but the thing is, you just have a dedicated, you just need to have a dedicated space wherever this might be. It doesn't matter. But if you have to put it somewhere like in a bedroom, make sure that once you're in bed, you don't see anything of this, that it's like covered or it's like just out of your reach of, with eyes. So you don't, you don't look at it. Right. Up until March, my office had been an hour and 15 minutes away, but I also had a home office. But what I found was when I was at home is it was very tempting to go mm-hmm. into my home office space to work. It just seemed too easy. So I managed to find a location that's 10 minutes from home and I moved my office. And what I did was I moved my home office out of the house. Like there is nothing work related at home anymore. And, you know, that's because I was choosing to not honor my own personal boundaries Um, because it just seemed so easy to be like, oh, I can do this in five minutes. And then you know how it is. Entrepreneurs, we end up down a rabbit hole. And this was my way of having my boundary for myself to separate home and work so that I can enjoy that place. And I probably would not have come to this point if I had not had the experience I had back in the fall with COVID and really how important it is to to take care of ourselves. A lot of times we think we're taking care of ourselves and we're not, which brings me to something that you experienced. You were having some burnout in your job. You said you actually experienced hearing loss. Um, Explain a little bit about that. So, yes, it was in 2016 when I was in my corporate job, which I thought that was the job of my life. And I'm going to be, I'm going to get, you know, retired in this job and no one will ever get me off this unless, you know, earthquake happens or whatever. So for me, that was sure as the aim and in the church, I was going to stay there, whatever it takes. And I worked like crazy. I went, you know, I was I was a single mom with two kids, a big garden house, and I left home in, in early in the mornings. And um, when I drove back, normally it was already dark, and I just, you know, headed to the gas station to get some bread and cheese and whatever for food, and then heading home with the kid for the kids. Anyway, long story short, I had a hearing loss in 2016, yes, end of 16, beginning of 17. For the first time, I came back from Copenhagen. I was flying back, and um, I thought just, you know, that it was something because of the plane and I, you know, you have this kind of pressure in your ear when you leave the plane. So I, I didn't pay attention to. So like the weekend I had friends over and I couldn't hear them. And I was like, what is going wrong? What is wrong with my ears? And then, 
she was a flight attendant and she said like you know it shouldn't be like that still here you, you have a problem with your ear and I could not or I did not admit that there is something wrong with me so then I called my doctor on mo- Monday morning and um, <laughs> and he said oh you just can come you want to come over right away and I was like well no it's not possible because we have the budget meeting I don't have the time for it and he said oh yeah you will have to make the time because I think it's important so I went over went to the doctor and then he said like you're gonna stay home for six weeks I'm gonna make you a note for your boss that you will not be at work for the next six weeks and I was shocked I was like I can't do that it's not possible I had all the excuses for not doing that. But then I, you know, then he was testing me and I I couldn't, I had a hearing loss of about 50% on one ear and 75% on the other ear. So that means, you know, it meant that something wasn't good. So my body gave all, made all the, you know, the bells ring to tell me, hey, Michelle, I think that's it. You're going to step back. And then, yeah, I mean, I didn't have the choice. I was back home and um, I couldn't believe it. And obviously I was still in my emails on my phone and I was still trying to keep up. But I, you know, one day or another, I just had to admit to myself, I was doing, I was, you know, doing too much in, in, in one day. I mean, it was crazy when I look back. And sometimes today, you know, I'm, like today for me it was like my creative day i was painting a shelf and i was doing something for myself just to spend time outside because we had beautiful weather and then while painting i was like how did i managed to do this with two teenagers three dogs a huge house a huge garden and a full time job with close to 14 employees and i don't know how i did it and um, the result was that I had this hearing loss. So, and I stayed home for close to a year. Um, what did you do to overcome that challenge? I, I did. I forced myself to do nothing. I mean, really to, to do nothing, even though I had to fight in a way for, for the payments because the company was like, you know, didn't agree with with what my doctor said. And so we had this thing going on beside, but otherwise it was actually a reset and everything had to to change. I mean, literally everything. And after this, everything changed, but I read a lot of books. I meditated a lot. And um, there I actually also um, went back to the hypnotist and this helped me to overcome this whole challenge because I always thought it was about me was I was wrong but it wasn't me yeah now correct me if get this out of order but this job that you were in is one that you manifested through hypnosis correct yes yes that they was told actually, you you wouldn't be able to get that job yes yeah everyone told me it was not I was I don't have this education I was not um, studying, I didn't have an MBA I, uh, back then, and um, I wasn't able because I was just a single mom working as a project manager for 60%. So how shall you get, or how do you want to have this job? It's not possible, Michelle. And the job was you know, taken by my former boss. And then I said to myself, 
I wanted. And I was joking around with my former boss. I was like, you know, I'm going to get your chair. And he was, he didn't believe me. No one did. And then I, I just did, it was a Swedish company and I did everything to manifest this job. And I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. So I was listening to ABBA. I was eating some um, Swedish food. We had a Swedish flag in the kitchen. I had a Swedish flag in my car. I went to Ikea to get myself into this Swedish mood again. And each time someone told me off, someone told me, ah, it's not possible, just be realistic. And, and I just went back home and I was listening to this one song from ABBA, The Winner Takes It All. And I was just, conti- you know, I was putting myself back into this vibration all the time in the frequency, all the time, back and back. And then I organized some females get togethers. And there was one lady, she was organizing hypnotic sessions for public. And I thought, well, this could be an option. I will go there. And uh, we were like 10 people and we had, we were in a, in a place which was reserved for us only And there was this guy, this hypnotist, and he told us, we have to have a vision. We have to have a goal, whatever we want to achieve. And if we would like to share it, we can. And I was like the first one. I said, yes, I have that. I want this job. And I explained that. And then they were like, oh, really? You want to have a job? But it's taken, you know, and Swiss people are very, um, how I say that, like, generous. But still they were like, oh, really? You can't do that? I said, yes, I can. I can. So there, this hypnotist put us in this hypnotic mood or moment or feeling. And I was seeing myself signing the contract and seeing myself flying back to Sweden and going back into this company as the sales director. And I would say it was Six months later, I signed the contract and I walked out and it was like two months or three months later, I flew up to Sweden. And this was this was my biggest manifestation through a hypnotist. And I since then, I knew this works. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You continue to use hypnosis. Actually, you and I have been part of the same coaching program. And you talked about how the hearing loss forced you to be quiet and Mm -hmm. listen to your own thoughts Mm -hmm. tell people where having to be in that place led you that's what started your business is it not yeah it was that I was asking myself you know what if you don't hear and if you don't hear outside what is going on around you or you can hear it but you don't you can't sense what kind of noise it is or if someone is talking to you you have a lot of time with your thoughts and a lot of times with your emotions. And um, I, in the beginning, it was it was scary in one, one hand. And the other hand, I somehow discovered to, to really get calm in myself, get really silent. And silent in a way of that, this ongoing chatterbox in my head was, you know, coming down. It was getting, getting slower. I was not that distracted anymore because I, I couldn't hear enough. And there I, I realized that I actually, if I look back, I couldn't stand it if someone told me what I supposed, what I should do, what I supposed to do, whatever I, you know, the processes were 
crazy in this company. And each time someone told me, oh, Michelle, we do it like this, or this is the process how we do it. Obviously, I followed through, but still it was something inside of me which which was against it. I was like, why should I follow those rules? I want to do it. I want to do that how I want to do it. And there actually was the seed was planted that I told myself, one day I'm going to be my own boss. And um, this was in end of 2017. And um, I went back in another corporate job for a year. And then I knew I started this side hustle. I started, you know, I, I knew I was like, okay, I need, I want to find something which, where, where is my passion? And then I, I did the course here and I did the course there, but I could not find this, this fire in myself. And then I was really meditating as I do every day in the morning. And I was meditating and I was like, what did I do when I was little? And there was actually this little drawing book, which my mom kept. And I always draw plans for others, for, for friends. When I was like in school, I, I draw little, you know, plans where they should put their bed and where should they put their desk and where they could play and where they could be, whatever. And I didn't want to play with all the girls. I didn't want to play Barbie and what the, I just wanted to move furniture. So, so there it started. And there actually, after a couple of months, I, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to jump. And then COVID hit. And then I didn't have to think about it. That was the sign to jump. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because that a lot of people will ask me, what, what is alignment? What does it mean to be in alignment? Mm -hmm. And for you, being told what to do like that just didn't feel good to you so that's one of the ways you know that you're not in alignment that you're not on your path that's and it's an excellent example and another thing that I want to point out is so many people will have physical symptoms even become sick because of the stress or the situation that they're in with their work environment and rather than listening to their body in taking the time to listen to themselves. Fortunately, you had the doctor that kind of, you know, made you go that direction, but, you know, it's not even worth thinking about what may have been no. if you had not done that. But a lot of people do stay in that situation and they push through. And I think it's so much more important that we follow that path that leads us to happiness and that we listen to ourselves because we know what it is that we need. Now you're still using hypnosis mm -hmm. to this day. Yes. Why don't you, I, I, and I think you pointed out how, when you were in that group hypnosis, you knew exactly what you wanted. And yes. then you talked about how you kept keeping yourself in that place and in that vibration. So for those of you listening, if you're wondering how you can use hypnosis yourself, and create what you want. Go back and listen to what Michelle was talking about when she talked about the group hypnosis and then staying in that vibration of getting that job because our environment does influence our mind, which is why I wanted Michelle here because if you visit her Facebook or her website, you're going to see some beautiful work that she does. 
you know, if there's anyone out there who's concerned about hypnosis or, or had a question about it or doubt about it, what would you say to them? What I would say, I always come up with this example, whatever, you know, for people who don't know what how it tastes a banana, you can't describe how the, the taste of a banana is. Or, or uh, other example is like, you can't read the book, how to ride a bicycle or how to swim. You have to try it out. And it's the same with, with hypnosis. It's absolutely, it's the same. So if you don't, I can imagine that some of people are afraid of because, you know, they think it's like flying around and doing stuff which you don't want to do, but it's actually not at all like this. It's not at all. It's this peaceful, warm feeling you have when you are with yourself in alignment with what you want in life. And what you want in life is, we all know what we want in life. You know, the thing is, we often don't dare to believe in it because we are listening to all the others and we are listening to people who, you know, if I would have listened to only one of the people who are, who told me you can't have this job. Well, you know, I was doubting sometimes, but then I was putting myself back into this vibration immediately because I was like, no, I don't want to listen to that. I just want to be in alignment with with what I want. And this was the proof for me that it worked. And it's the same with things which we are scared of when we don't dare to do it. We don't know. And there is a a very good video out there from, from an actor. And he says, like, God placed the most beautiful things beyond fear. And that's, that's so true. Yeah, all, pretty much all of our fears are created by our thinking. Yes. You know, we're only born with the fear of falling and a fear of loud noises. Uh, everything else is something that we've created in our minds out of our imagination. So if our imagination is powerful enough to create all of this fear and worry, it's powerful enough to create what it is that we want. Now, you've experienced a lot of different types of self-hypnosis. You did the group hypnosis. You went and saw someone with regard to your hearing loss. You've used self-hypnosis. You and I also did a session together, which mm-hmm. uh, had the testimonial on my website. And that was specifically to just kind of like, there was just this thing there, not knowing what this thing was. It was just like, you felt there was something there keeping you from fully being who you needed to be to create what you want. What was that experience like for you? And what shifts have you noticed since we did that emotional work? I always thought I was, even though I knew what I want in life and uh, what kind of things I wanted to achieve in the outside world, I, I always thought there is something wrong with me. Something is off with me. Something is not, I'm not like everyone. There must be something that people look at me and they go like, oh, she's weird. And even though if I would be weird, whatever, I don't care today. But this thing, I didn't know what it was and I still don't know what it was, but actually it doesn't matter anymore because you told me or we went through this session together and there I discovered that everything is all right. Everything is fine. Everything is good. Everything, you know, I'm in the right place at the moment where I am today and whatever people might think of me, or my work or whatever, I don't, 
I don't put energy into it anymore. And since then, and that was the biggest shift. It's like, if there's someone coming up to me and say, oh, but what are you doing? Oh, interior design. Oh, man, there are hundreds of interior designers. Well, yes, that's true. But there is only one me. And through after this session with you, this was so clear to me. It was this missing piece of self-love I was, I was looking for. Amazing. Mm-hmm. How has it changed in how you show up? Oh, it makes a lot of things so easy now. It's like, you know, we if it's in a relationship with my partner or is it with my kids or I stepped back from being this person who wants to or I stepped back from the people-pleasing part inside of me. I just don't pay attention to that anymore. And it comes up from time to time or when I meet someone new, you know, there, you know, sometimes it can be that there is a little moment of doubtness, but then I, I just go back and I go like, no, no, everything is fine with me. And that's the difference between thought and belief, Yes, right? Because sometimes down inside we could, you know, much earlier in life had repeated a story to ourselves in response to a situation or a circumstance and it kind of sticks and that becomes part of our radar and you mm. kind of get that filter out of the way. Yeah. And truly with all of the work that I do, you know, unconditional self-love and the self-worth that comes from that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. All the it's difference. a game changer. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So you have some pretty interesting things going on. And just if you have kids listening, I'm warning you, I'm about to drop an F bomb. Um, <laughs> oh, I know I what remember you the name of your master class. What was the name <laughs> of it again? I just wanted, you know, to explain why I did that. It was so funny because I was thinking about a, a masterclass where I wanted to show up as me. And when I look back, there are things which I screwed up to say it in a in a nice way. But since I'm evolving continuously, I don't pay attention to this anymore. And I was looking for a masterclass where female can identify themselves with it. So I made it quite upfront and straightforward. So the masterclass is called the fucked up masterclass. Sorry for the word, but it was actually the most specific word I could find. And everyone was actually eager. And I had the first class um, last week. And, you know, the thing, the, the feedback was that a lot of girls or ladies were like, finally someone who just names it you know and it starts with interior and because we are all having this kind of you know you buy something and it just doesn't fit or it's with the clothes or whatever or you meet someone and you just go like oh I thought he was Mr. Right and then it ended up as Mr. Disaster and there I explain and I take away all the pressure (laughs) while talking through my life and or about my life and a lot of people and a lot of females especially can identify them 
selves with it. So yes, that's my masterclass, but it's actually it's just a hook <laughs> to, to get people's attention. And um, I don't do a lot of other things like that. And it was it was something which I always wanted to do, but I didn't dare to do. I wasn't sure, should I do that? It's it's so straightforward and what the people might think. And I was like, yeah, you're going to do that because you really want to do that. And it's it's also it's also me. Sometimes I just drop those kind of F words. And it's just like, sometimes in life it is. It's pretty shitty sometimes. And that's also life. And it's not always, you know, it's not always sunny and beautiful and warm and bubbly things to drink. It's no, it's sometimes it's, ah, and that's also a part of us. Yeah. Even with all of the mindset work and the hypnosis work in the world. (laughs) We're still human and we have to have grace with ourselves. It's not always going to be, as I love to say, rainbows and unicorns. Yes, exactly. Let everyone know where they can find you on social, your website, and your podcast. Yes. Actually, the easiest way is to go to my website, which is uh, michellepetty.com. It's the easiest way there. You can find all the social media um, links. You can find my podcast. You can find my freebies if you need a guide, how to create your bookshelf or how to make your home a little bit more cozy. There are free guides on my website. Just feel free to to get them, download them. Well, I want to thank you for being on. You're an inspiration. I love the images that come across your Facebook. They inspire me. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) And um, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Penny, for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review about how this episode has helped you to improve your life. When you leave a positive review, it helps us to reach even more people, helping them to change their lives. And that positive energy and vibration of sharing comes back to you as we spread the message of how you can use the power of intention, creating stronger subconscious beliefs in raising our vibration to create the life that we desire the one that we're here to truly live so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.